0: Dungan and Karl well we're back and hasn't formula one dished up so many storylines so much drama so much for us to unpack carl reinler that this is going to be a very quick hour on sen wherever you're listening around australia new zealand or through the sen app you could be anywhere in the world then mate have you had a good break are you prepared to get back into gridwalk for another year
1: you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like I've had a chance to uh, recharge my batteries, but far out. Hasn't some stuff happened in this off-season? Like, we talk about silly season. The silly season for
0: 24-25 has started now. It's uh, It's been crazy. We normally wait till Monaco, don't we? But um, with our awesome audience from last year, we're back for another year. So thank you to the whole family at SEN for your uh, your faith in a little show that talks about F1 for an hour every week on a Sunday. Normally a Sunday night, but because of cricket... We're going to be on a little earlier today, so we appreciate you all joining us. We want everyone to join in the conversation. One of the great things about last year was so many regulars calling in, texting us. Remember, if you want to call in, no matter where you are, 1-300-737-36. we would love to have a chat about what you think of what's going on, and we'll discuss a lot of it or what is going on with a Grand Prix starting next week, Carl. Testing and a Grand Prix in one week. So the temper text line, 433 98, 11, 16. I'm Cameron Vandendung and joined by Carl Reindler. If you're new to listening to this and wonder why are we talking about F1, well, Carl here sitting, at op- sitting opposite me is actually one of two Formula One medical car drivers and uh, lives a charmed life, really. Let's be honest. You travel the world driving incredible cars, and you used to be a professional driver, and now you're a, still a professional driver, I guess. Yeah, You're
1: playing it up like it's all sunshine and rainbows, mate. It's uh, it's gruelling work. You have to sit in nice cars, I, I, I admit, between the Aston Martin and the AMG. But, you know, those Fridays, sitting uh, sitting in the car for seven hours straight in... Uh, Okay, I can't complain. This, if that's not a first world problem, I don't know what is.
0: All right, let's, let's get back into it because there is just a bit going on in F1 at the moment. So remember to join the conversation with your thoughts. We do want to hear from all of you. Season starts next week. It feels like we've just wrapped it up at Abu Dhabi not that long ago. It, it genuinely has flown by and didn't news just explode after that. It was the Susie Wolf and FIA and Toto having their conversations, a bit of destabilising, you think, in Red Bull. Then all of a sudden now Red Bull's being destabilised with all sorts of allegations against Christian Horner, who's being investigated for alleged inappropriate behaviour. We'll pull that one apart a little later on. Uh, Testing coming up... Lewis leaves Mercedes to join Ferrari. I ended up doing crosses all over the country. I was on the Channel 10 News talking about this. It hit the mainstream in a big way. When was the last time a news a news story that big dropped in Formula 1 or in many sports where one of the greatest of all time leaves one major team for arguably the biggest team in the sport?
1: Yeah, I'd agree. It's probably some of the biggest news we've heard in years. Everyone talks about wanting to be a Ferrari driver and, and, and finishing, you know, if, if you don't get a chance to race for Ferrari, feeling like you've had unfinished business in your career, Lewis has made that jump. Uh, he's been with Mercedes for, gosh, was it 20, 2012, Mate, Since he was a teenager. It's incredible, the history, how far that goes back. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just crazy. So, and what I found interesting, Ferrari's share price went up, the, the valuation <laughs> went up far so, more. It was cheap.
0: It's a cheap investment, if you ask me. It was billions. Having said that, Ferrari was straight straighter, so this is the journo in me, Carlos, because yeah, you, 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 I ran with that and I ran with that line because that was what we were all running with globally. I went back and checked that actually just released their earnings like that week as well, and they'd had a great result. Double edged, so sword. pulling it apart and going, what was the Lewis factor? We know Lewis was a factor in that bump in share price, but was it the billions? I don't know. Lewis will say it was. The team will say try to put a bit of dampened expectations on his budget going forward. Save that thought though. We want everyone to join us in the conversation later on in this show. We really going to dive into the Lewis to Ferrari news. So one 300 736 or you can text us in on the temper text line 0433 98 We'd love to know your thoughts on the news around Lewis Hamilton leaving Mercedes to join Ferrari. I talked just before about Red Bull and Christian Horner with the investigation underway at the moment, but let's talk about Checo Perez. He was arguably the most talked about person on our program last year and he's already under the pump and they haven't even started testing. You know, your thoughts around Checo and having to go into a year where you've been talked about losing your seat for pretty much the entire year before.
1: You know what? The the last couple of seasons, I feel like he's started each season quite strong. He's had some good results at the, you know, the first couple of rounds, the Australian Grand Prix. In fact, he had a race win early on last year in 2023 and then it all kind of got to him and he just crumbled, I think under the pressure and, uh, The pressure has happened earlier, exactly as you've just said this year. So I, I don't know how it's going to fare for him in the opening few rounds. If he doesn't perform in, in those first three rounds before they go to Japan and then China, I mean everything we spoke about last year, I know, we're we're quietly secretly actually not even secretly openly optimistic. Oh, mate, you're also.
0: You're a you're a West proud West Aussie. You're living over here in the the um the east at the moment where we're broadcasting from, but you're a very proud West Aussie. We have a huge audience over there in the West as well. Absolutely. We all love a bit of Danny Rick and, and
1: the prospect of having multiple Australian jobs. Save that thought. Okay, oh, okay, okay. You're okay. spending
0: too much on me already, I'm, I'm Carl. Ex-
1: I'm excited. So it, I would love to see Daniel in that Red Bull car with uh, with Max, of course. But look, the pressure is absolutely on Checo, and
0: he needs to perform straight out the gate in, uh, in round one. What about the pressure on Red Bull, though? What an incredible season. Other than Carlos Sainz at Singapore, a Grand Prix, where we actually did our... Broadcast live grid walk from the Singapore. That was a fun one. That, that was probably was so one of the cool. highlights for me of all of last year. I reckon. Yeah, you also had your dad sitting in the background there watching in. I felt the pressure when uh, Carlos Senior, or Chris, is his uh, his actual real name, but I'll call him Carlos Senior for these effects. Was sitting watching, uh, monitoring to make sure I didn't throw you under any buses. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good one. But yeah, that was the only race that Red Bull didn't win that yeah. year. Singapore. Carlos Sainz got the win.
1: So it's, yeah, in a lot of ways, you're right. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on them to continue their form. They've been pretty open in their car. They've got questions around their car at the moment. They've actually, everyone else has replicated the Red Bull car going into 2024. And Red Bull have actually seemingly or visually replicated the Mercedes from last year. That didn't really perform that well. So yeah. unless they know something that we don't, and of course
0: they do. You've got I'm, Adrian and I'm not going to nerd out too hard on that. But I, but I will a little. Will go you let on. me? Will you indulge me a little bit of nerding? I will out? indulge. Yeah. So go on. Th- there's a lot of people that are on SEN listening. You know, they love horse racing, love footy, cricket's still going on at the moment. Footy season's just beginning. When we talk about a lot of them say, oh, it's not really a a, a true sport because, um, you know, the drivers aren't athletes. I just sit down and drive all day. We know how different that is and we know just how fit they are. But there is an element of truth to the fact that you need the car underneath you at the time when you are at the peak of your powers to win in Grand Prix. It's a team sport, legitimately engineering team, mechanical team, your driving team and everybody else. Red Bull and the Mercedes piece. Mercedes was at the top of their game. They went this different, what looked like a drop pie, really, when you looked at those side pods and the way it dropped away. Red Bull have been able to, they believe, unlock that design. So they're using the same philosophy. But what's happened is there's been an upgrade in radiator technology to go thinner and to be able to shape radiators that can cope with, in their mind, the ability to take advantage of that aerodynamic effect. So it's the same principles, but apparently, in their mind, technology is allowing it to move forward. So if Red Bull has unlocked this and they can get that floor working even better than last year, they will win – why so far it is not funny, potentially. The flip side of that though is will they have heat issues this year with this new radiator technology?
1: Interestingly, on that radiator, there's an Australian company, PWR, that was listed a couple Paul of years. Paul Paul Wheel. Um, xv 8 supercar driver. They supply a lot of the radiator technology to Formula One. I think it's a bloody brilliant story. Uh, we're going to get Paul on then, hey? We'll yeah, get him I, on I, some I, stage I, this I think year. we probably do. but uh, yeah, anyway. well, He only
0: went racing cars because his dad said he broke his wrists when he was motorbike riding and so got him a supercars team. But he's an incredible businessman himself. We will come back to that one because I've still got more to get through, Carl. So Red Bull, we're going to keep an eye on how they're going. Stay with me, mate. It's going to be pacey this show at the moment because we've got so much we have to get through. Hey, now, one little bit of how many coffees have you had this morning? I've had way too many, can you tell? <laughs> I it, can tell, it's obvious. Yeah, well, I can't help it. I'm, I'm excited, mate. We're back. Australia, first race in 2025. Wasn't that an interesting little tidbit that dropped out the same time the Lewis News came out? I. Uh, that sort of, yeah,
1: it, it kind of went out
0: of the radar a little bit because of all the uh, The Lewis Hamilton news. They retracted news. it. They deleted the, they deleted the, the tweet afterwards. Did and they? The, yeah, and I'll tell you why. Carl, you're a man that works for the FIA. Yes. So there was lots of chat behind scenes that Australia was going to get that, not because they were going to get it for the first year, but Ramadan falls at the beginning of the Formula One season. Yes. We normally do the Middle East. Bahrain is the first one. Notice I even did the uh, the Impressive. proper annunciation of it. Bahrain. Yep. Um, they get the first race, but it's Ramadan. So they can't actually hold the Grand Prix, but we can't claim it. So whilst we are working on Australia being the first in 2025, the Grand Prix Corp, um, jumped on it very quickly because they know it cannot be ratified until the World Council, Motorsport Council, signs off on the calendar. So it's exciting to think we've got 2025, but me knowing how the FIA can sometimes work, I'm I'm confident, but I'm not locking away my tickets just yet. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. I think uh, as much as we'd like it to be the opening round
1: of uh, the 2025 season, I, it, there was some contractual, I'm pretty sure it was written into the contract, but then... You've got the Middle East, Ramadan, as you say. Um, you know, it's important to be respectful of uh, of yeah. their, their culture and their uh, their religion. But uh, it's um it's, it's a tricky one. Uh, I believe the Middle East spend a lot of money on Grand Prix. Oh, mate, the uh, Middle
0: East spend a lot on it. Have you been watching golf any time uh,
1: recently? They've, they've got money to spend and money
0: talks. And, uh, look, I'm optimistic, but, hey, time will tell. Hey, speaking of, speaking of the Middle East and um, and money talking, he's not going to like me saying that, though, one of our regulars last year, I'm devastated about this. We're going to lose him. We're going to get him to dial in. Michael Smith, who joined us from Motorsport Australia, the director of motorsport. Those that are regulars would have loved him dissecting all the stewards reports for us. Yep. He's been picked up in the Middle East. He's about to go and be one of the top leaders of the ASN. He's running all motorsport, I believe, in Saudi Arabia, yet to be confirmed. But that is a huge get for the Middle East and a massive
1: loss to Australian motorsport. Couldn't agree more. Um, it's a massive win for them. I'm, I'm led to believe the same thing. I had a bit of a brief chat with Mike at Sandown, actually, last weekend. You were there. We had a quick chat. Uh, and a little cuddle. Had a little, of course. Always lot the cards. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for Mike. What a great opportunity. He's going to do some great things over there. Um, yeah, there's, they've got money to spend as well. Imagine the, the exciting projects and opportunities. Um,
0: I, I, I think it's brilliant. I'll be honest with you. I was on the phone to Michael Smith within seconds of the announcement asking if he needed a commentator. I'd, <laughs> and I'd be happy to, li- to deliver some services as well. Yeah, well, we've still got more to go through. We're, we're, we're getting close to an ad break. I've got to get through a few more things. This is big news as well, particularly for the Netflix family. Gunther Steiner... Out of Haas. So the man that arguably put that Netflix doco, him and Daniel Ricciardo were the two heroes of season one. And, and me, with my little voiceover in the, the first episode. Can I claim that? No. Really? really? You're not giving me... You give me nothing, Carl. So but good Diner is out. Gene Haas under pressure, though, because the the question is, are Haas actually investing enough? Are they serious about having a Formula One, uh, you know, um, uh, franchise, for, for want of a better term? With the added element... That Andretti and General Motors, with a massive bid, were ticked to come in by the FIA, but then rejected by the Formula One teams and Formula One themselves. So there must be huge pressure on Gene Haas to actually invest in that team. Yeah, definitely. A lot of pressure. Has he replaced Gunter yet? Yeah, yeah. Who's who's replaced? Oh, mate, it's. <laughs> I can't me. pronounce. It. You did that to me on purpose because I cannot pronounce Japanese <laughs> names. I will get it before the end of the season. I have to prepare. I'm calling yes, the Grand Prix yes, in Australia yes. in a in a couple I, of I uh, in a month's you, time. I won't
1: put you on the spot. But the, well, you already the, did, the, thank the, you. I'm just going to the gonna, rumor. The rumor that take I heard. That
0: bus off the top of me that you've was just that... driven over me.
1: <laughs> Depending on what happens with uh, with Christian Horner at Red Bull, imagine Gunter Gunther Steiner uh, heading up uh, the Red Bull team. I would like to see that. I think he would be brilliant.
0: Yeah. Hey, uh, first of our text messages coming in from Noah and he's, he's actually, I know Noah is right now watching the 12 hour in Bathurst. He's watching the state series in at Sandown because Victorian state series is Sandown. He's also watching the New Zealand Grand Prix. Noah is a massive motorsport fan. He says Lewis versus Ferrari pit wall is shaping up to be mega entertaining. Hold that thought, Noah. We've got an entire segment dedicated to that. We're coming up a little later on. The other things to cover off, I mentioned Susie Wolfe and the FIA. You know what? Let's just let that one lie because there was a whole lot to unpack straight after the Grand Prix. Um, Visa Cash App RB... Do we call them V-carbs? Do we call them RBs? Is that not the most ridiculous name in sport since Gary Hocking in the uh, Australian <laughs> football changed his name to the bloody pet food company? It's, like wet Whiskers or whatever it was. I can't remember what
1: it was. It's going to make your job pretty hard, I think. Um, there's been a couple of names that have been tricky. Uh, there was the the Steak one as well. Um, you know, the Sauber team. What, what are they called this year? It's a hugely long name. Oh, yeah. Let's call them Steak. I, I think they should limit the sponsors the title sponsors to one singles
0: Carl we're already over time on our first segment at the moment the last one I wanted to mention was going to do it as a dot point street race in Madrid 2026 have you already put in your application to be the medical car driver at that one I have yes yeah. absolutely how good's that going to be another street
1: circuit great part of the world I've actually not been to Madrid been to Spain a couple of times but uh, that's going to be really
0: exciting hey we got one more text message that just came in I'm going to read out before we go to our ad break hey Cam do you think Ferrari will pull themselves together again now that they have such a legendary driver or do you think they will keep on doing their classic Ferrari strategies? Carl, you've got like five seconds we can we can talk about in segment three. Lewis is an incredible leader. Uh, that's one thing I know.
1: Uh, inside knowledge from people that have worked with him, I think he's the leader that that team needs to
0: bring it forward. Never let me get you to do a five second read, would you? Because your timing is out massively. You're tuned in to Gridwalk. We need to take a break. Carl, we will talk Lewis and Ferrari in segment number three join the conversation text us on 0433 98 you're listening to gridwalk with cam van den Dungen and carl reindler track limits for temper a mattress like no other proud sponsors of the formula one on sem okay that was a third stroke of track limits you've now been given the black and white flag. is cam inside or outside the track Oh, Jesus, like putting on a, a, you know, a well-worn, comfortable pair of jeans jumping back into track limits. For those of you new on Gridwalk to track limits, this is, well, how do I, what, what,
1: Carl? Mate, I, can I can I explain what track limits is from my perspective? Are you going to be gentle? I'll, I'll try to be gentle. So, track limits, for those that are uh, tuning in for the first time, basically, Cam, throughout each week, comes up, he conjures up some sort of outlandish or very, con- usually very controversial Statement. I don't think they're controversial. <laughs> Quite often they are controversial. Lance featured a lot last year, let's be honest. I, I think you hit Lance, and let's, we'll talk about Lance Stroll a little later. So the idea behind it is that he, he makes this statement, and the question is, is he inside the track limits or outside the track limits? Rarely do we agree on it, um, and usually you get bulldozed
0: by the general public that are tuning oh, in. mate, you uh, you you whip everybody up into a frenzy against me when I'm just being innocent but, with my own thoughts and opinions. But it is also probably one of my favourite segments right. that we do as well. But every week, every week, I've,
1: I'm so bloody nervous every time we uh, get to track limits. So what if... Just just rip the Band-Aid off.
0: What have you got it's for me to start bad. season 2024? I think, I think you'll like it, but I don't think you'll agree with me. Put it that way. So if you want to get involved in this, remember, call 1300 736 736, or you can SMS on the Temper text line 0433 98 11 16. All right. My track limits today, and this is one that I've been working on. I'm pretty excited about this one. We are going to see three Aussies on the grid in 2025. And before you jump in, I will tell you why. Now, I'm calling it the road to three. And I went back, I've been going back on my stats as to the last time three Australians were in a Grand Prix together, not just starting the weekend, but actually qualified, actually started the race. And and I even checked it with our mate Sean Kelly, the virtual stat man. The last time we both came to the exact same conclusion was round 15 in 1976, 49 years ago in the USA at Watkins Glen. It was Alan Jones... Who went on to be a world champion? It was Warwick Brown, his one and only, basically, and Larry Perkins, who became a supercars legend or a V8 touring car legend. So those, yeah, how cool was that? Now,
1: almost fifty years.
0: Now, this is why I stopped you early on because you're about to blow my track limits, Carl, like you always do. Oscar's locked in at McLaren till the end of 2026. Happy days, Oscar Piastri is going to be a race winner. We just guaranteed. Lock that one away. Take that to the bank. Daniel will be in the Red Bull family possibly even in the main seat for season 2025, maybe even halfway through this year, maybe three rounds into this year. We'll talk about that later when we talk about Mercedes, but Mercedes, that seat Esteban Ocon. I don't think he's comfortable where he is right now. He's out of contract at the end of this year. So out of contract. He's been part of the Mercedes family for a very long time. There's a young up and coming Mercedes driver. We will talk about him when we get to track sweepers, Phenomenal, incredible talent. Not ready yet, probably a year or two away. So you don't want to put someone who's a long-termer in when you've got another up-and-comer. So Esteban Ocon, I think, goes to Mercedes, which opens the door for... Jack Doohan. That's right, the son of mighty Mick Doohan, Jack Doohan, who is sitting on the sidelines, and it is a travesty. I'm using a big word there. A travesty that Jack Doohan does not have a seat right now. I believe we will get the road to three in 2025. Jack Doohan will be on the grid with Alpine. It's really hard to argue
1: with that. As much as it, uh, it hurts me, pains me to uh, to agree with you, I, I think you're onto something there. And I, I've thought about this a lot over the off-season. I, I think you're right. I think Ocom will end up in that Mercedes seat, which frees up the... Uh, so I thought you were going to go another way. No, no, I, I can see it happening. I mean, maybe the question is, will it potentially happen sooner?
0: Well, the contracts are pretty much tight. I mean, this year is going to be a big year. When we get to Monaco and we start doing the shuffle and drivers, you know, the driver swap and merry-go-round... There's a lot of drivers that are in the hunt for that seat. I'd be genuinely, if I was Mercedes, I'd be genuinely looking at an, an Alex Elban. And I know Red Bull's making a massive play for him right now, but he, would you go back to Red Bull after they treated you the way they did to him? I think it'd be crazy to do it. Yes, it's a,
1: arguably a, a better package. It's a better car, but to play second fiddle to uh, to Max, I mean, Alex is really, well, I believe he's proved himself the last couple of seasons, although... The yardstick uh, with, with uh, his teammate in uh, Logan Sargent probably isn't the best measure. Um, but tell you what, he's dragged that Williams up the grid time and time again. He's deserving of a good seat, Alex. But uh, the Red Bull thing, I can't see him going there. So back to the question. Yes. So what is Jack committed to racing this year? Because he's not in Formula 2. He's done several seasons of Formula yeah. 2. So he's, he's a reserve driver. He's just a reserve driver, not too dissimilar to to the role that Oscar played before yep. he got the the opportunity in the LEGO. Would Alpine do
0: it twice to two Aussie drivers? <laughs> I don't think. Wow, well, I don't think that would, make the would same they let two twice. Aussie. That's what, that's what I'm saying because uh, they know how, how good a driver Jack is. Jack
1: is so aligned to that Alpine group. He's been loyal to them. He's shown his loyalty. Mick, as his, uh, as his old man, has, has done a phenomenal job of uh, overseeing and and managing and having those discussions. I, my only concern is taking a year off. Um, how, didn't hurt. It didn't hurt Oscar. It didn't hurt Oscar, but not to take anything away from Jack. I think Jack's an absolute superstar. But Oscar is yeah uh, to win F three on debut, F two on debut. There's only a handful to knock over of Lando in a sprint race in his first season in F one. Exactly, like he's he's an absolute. You know, freak that kid. And uh, he's been down here in Melbourne. I believe he's down at the VIS across the the Albert Park there training in the off season. But yeah, back to Jack. I, I think he's a red hot chance at that Alpine, Alpine seat in
0: 2025. So imagine, I'm I'm just, just taking you just for a moment. And the Grand Prix Corporation will be salivating at this, the Aus Grand Prix Corp. Wouldn't so it? we'd have potentially Lewis Hamilton in his first ever race for Ferrari at Albert Park 2025. Daniel Ricciardo back in a Red Bull. For 2025. <laughs> Oscar Fiastrian and a McLaren is dominating and Jack Doohan on the grid. I I um I, my only concern, I think I might need to lie down. <laughs>
1: after it seems, I think about it that seems that for a bit. too good to be true. And the icing on the cake for the Kiwis tuning in, Liam Lawson. Let's I mean, he proved himself last year. If Dan ends up in that Red Bull, we'd all love to see Liam so in that uh Here's a little stat for you. Red I love Bull, that you did Cash that. Cash App,
0: whatever uh, the team is called. In nineteen seventy-six when there were three Aussies on, that, in the, on the grid that year, there were some other races. Now, it wasn't the exact race, but there was a Kiwi driver on the grid in F1 that season, Chris Amon. Chris was Aymel. also oh, on the grid was... that season, so I'm like, "Whoa, Superstar. we could go full retro in 2025. Like, basically go back with three Aussies and a and a Kiwi. Wouldn't that be good?" Uh, Liam we... Lawson, though, I reckon we're gonna we're gonna pull that apart because he deserves a drive, and I believe he's actually got a contract that says he's guaranteed to drive next year, which is what's starting to play into that uh, Red Bull Daniel Ricciardo thing as well. We'll 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 unpack that a bit more. What do you think? If you uh, agree with me that this is on, or if you think I'm absolutely dreaming? one 736 736 You can call in and have a chat with us, or you can text us on the Temper text line, 0433 98 1116. Carl, in terms of percentages, give me what you think the chance of this occurring is. I think it's pretty high. If I'm going
1: to pluck a number out of thin air, I'm going to say there's a I reckon there's a forty percent
0: chance of that happening. I'm 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 actually telling you this is happening. I've yep. read it. I've read the tea leaves. This is happening. Jack Dewan will be on the grid. I think Esteban Ocon goes over. And if you do want to be involved in the conversation, after this break we're about to go to right now, it is all about Lewis Hamilton. It is all about Ferrari and where to next for Mercedes. So stick around on Gridwalk. Join the conversation. Text us on 0433 98 11 you're listening to Gridwalk with Cam van den Dungen and Carl Reindler. How fitting is it that our uh, theme music is Ferrari when we start this conversation? I knew the news of something massive was about to happen in Formula One when it started stirring early in the week. Uh, Will Buxton jumped onto Twitter. For those of you that don't know, he's a he's a journalist, quite prominent in the world, came to massive fame through Netflix. He's the guy that sits there and says really obvious things. He's like our new Murray Walker, really. Isn't he? Um, and he said, massive news is dropping Friday. Amongst my group of commentary mates and media mates, we were all like, is it, is it the, because the Haas deal had just fallen out. Oh, sorry, the um, the." Uh, The Andretti deal had just fallen over. And the thought amongst us was that they were going to buy out Haas. That was the big thought. And then when the news dropped that Lewis Hamilton was leaving Mercedes, a team he had been at since he was about 13 years old, that was the engine in the back of the McLaren when he won his world championship. He has not won a world championship or raced in any major formula without Mercedes support for him to leave that family and go to their arch rival, there is, if you go back to the beginning of formula one racing, there is Mercedes and then not long afterwards, there is really Ferrari. And they've been there ever since for pretty much the, the entire time. I don't think there is bigger news in our sport. That is a massive defection. That is Barassi from Melbourne to Carlton level, but on a global scale. Couldn't agree more.
1: I, um, I was shocked. I don't, I don't know how you felt when you heard the news. I, it was always um, spoken about, but, oh, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. And... Well,
0: he still had another year to run on the contract. He's broken that based on – he did have an out clause that was triggered by performance. It was a performance clause. Yes. But that's why I think we're all blindsided. We thought the conversation would start this year. Not, bang, here we go, he's switching. And, and it seems uh, amicable, weirdly.
1: At... Yeah, for now. For now, for now. This is the thing, though, as well. How rare is it that you you make an announcement like that for the following season this early in the current season, you know, we talk about the mid-season break. Uh, after it'll be after Spa this year, so we've got the Hungary Spa back to back. I'll be at both of those, which I'm excited about. Bit of a uh, bit of European I'll sun. Just, uh, up, I'll
0: just pick up that name for you, will I? You're, just, while yeah. you're dealing with Melbourne
1: winter, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be in that part of the world. Saying that, Spa last year was uh, was wet and it was wetter and colder than what it was in <laughs> Melbourne in the middle of summer. So anyway. Um, it's that summer break after that, that three week break that they have that a lot of the announcements take place. So I find it strange that he's going to be sitting through this entire season from the get go, knowing that yeah, everyone, every team member, then I
0: think he's going to struggle to get results and get le- well, from a leadership point let, of view. Let's, let's start with Ferrari and then we'll move to Mercedes because Ferrari have let go the one guy that got a race win last year. I was, I genuinely was shocked about that. I know Charles Leclerc is a darling of Ferrari. He is a phenomenal talent, and they have not given him the car. There's, there's a bit to unpackage with this. because yeah.
1: Carlos, without a doubt, he's extraordinary. The way, the way that he hustles that car around. That, that Singapore last year, I give you know, not to sound dramatic. I, I actually get goosebumps thinking about it. Have, you and I were both there watching. It was the only non Red Bull win of 2023. I was, I was
0: calling that race, and to oh. watch the smarts. Of that driver to understand the nuance of DRS to back up the car behind you to stop the uh, the run of uh, of any of those drivers coming through, it was phenomenal. It was brilliant. It was inspired. It was it, smart. It, it was
1: a great me, drive. It was it was the drive of the year for me. It surpassed any drive that Max did in a superior car. The, the strategy we talk about bandwidth. He's hustling a car around a street circuit in. The, 40... The hardest,
0: the hardest one. They talk about most physically
1: and mentally grueling. You make a mistake there, you wake up in hospital. That's the reality of it. Not to be dramatic, that's the truth of a circuit like that. Lance had a massive accident there at the final corner in qualifying. It it hurts when you make a mistake there. So he's hustling this thing around at three hundred plus kilometres an hour at the most grueling street circuit, but he's still got enough capacity and and you know um, your know, clarity and and judgment to make those strategy calls to go out and win that race and they've let him go. But the thing is, I just don't think he was ever appreciated at Ferrari and and that's reflected in his pay package for this year. Interesting. I found this one interesting. Charles Leclerc is on roughly 30 million. I don't know if it's euros or US dollars, but by comparison, A lot more money than we get. <laughs> you betcha. Um, Carlos is on 10 million. He's yeah. on one third of the pay and he's, he's, given two wins to Ferrari in the last year. I was at Silverstone in 2022 when he got his maiden win for Ferrari. He's, he's got two wins to his name for Ferrari in the last two seasons. He's the only driver not to, uh, only driver, non Red Bull driver to win a race last year. And they're letting him go.
0: I mean, to me, if uh... for Lewis, who hasn't won a race since that infamous season, when he lost the championship uh, in the final race of the year, to, uh, to Max Verstappen, who went on to win. And Lewis has not won since since that year. Like this is two full seasons of racing, no wins. I, I can
1: see, you, you can see it when you're there. Like it's a, it's a subjective thing, but I can see how
0: hungry Carlos Sainz is. He's just motivated. You, you watch so why? Why would Ferrari take Lewis Hamilton? That's my question. So forget Lewis to Ferrari. We'll talk about that in a second. But why would Ferrari give up Carlos Sainz for Lewis Hamilton? Is it just the cachet? Well, it's the, yes,
1: there's that part of it. But um, one thing I read, which I found quite interesting, is that that contract was done by uh, Bernardo previously. Uh, so it was a legacy contract. For, and for Fred, those
0: new to the sport, Matthias Bernardo had been sacked uh, he, post that, so he he's no longer team principal.
1: So Bernardo, as the team principal, has put uh, Carlos Sainz in the seat. Now Fred Verseur has come in as the team principal. Very tight with Lewis Hamilton. Very tight with Lewis Hamilton and. You know, he put the Charles, I think uh, he, he's happy to have Charles there, of course. But yeah, I think it was a question of legacy and potentially a bit
0: of ego in the mix as well. But for Ferrari, what do you gain as a guy who hasn't won a race in two years? Well, yes, he's he is um, arguably the greatest of all time or equal greatest of all time when it comes to championship winning, uh, equal with Michael Schumacher. So he's in that same uh discussion let's say, yeah. but he's, oh, oh, when we called it last year, maybe that was me being controversial, but I said, he's done like a, a brilliant driver. We'll still get your results, but he is not someone to pin your future of your team on. I don't know how these guys remain hungry as, as long as they do. I mean, uh,
1: the anomaly here is Alonso at 43 years old. I think he is. Yeah, like, but to
0: Singapore last year, I called that he should be out and I'm, I'm going to, I still say that by the way, I think he's brilliant, but we'll, go off into the sunset, please. We'll, we'll, we'll get, uh, we'll get, we'll discuss that one later. I disagree. I think Alonzo is brilliant
1: on that, but um, yeah, Lewis there, he's 39 this year, uh, 2024. In fact, I think he's just turned 39. So he's, he's absolutely in the uh, the twilight of his career. He hasn't produced a race win in X, X amount of time. He is remarkable from a leadership perspective. I got to know Adam Costanzo, who was his performance trainer. For the first couple of years in Formula One, when he won his first championship way back in, um, the late two thousands, which year was that? Two thousand and... You're talking about the McLaren win? Yes. Yes. Jeez. Yeah. Eight, 2008, 2009. Don't quote me on that. Um, and Adam speaks about, he was up against Alonso, who's renowned as one of the greatest drivers of all time. And the way that Lewis was able to construct and in a Schumacher-esque kind of way, build the team around him. And, and get to know everyone on a, on a personal level, he's incredible. I think that's the sort of leadership that Ferrari ne- means at the moment. But I think
0: a big part of it is the, the marketing and the commercial side of things. So you, you touched on it off the top, though, of this conversation. How does he work with Mercedes for the rest of this year? Toto Wolff, yes, it's semi-amicable at the moment, but this is a sport where billions of dollars are on the line. Billions of dollars are on the line. How do you... And you don't want to show what you're doing for the next year. They start development on next year's car and they get feedback loops. They have preferential treatment for certain drivers in teams. Lewis's position must become untenable at various stages of this year.
1: Where it's going to become tricky. I think is if the, if the Mercedes this year is actually performing and they're in title contention. And George is right there alongside him. Yeah. Look, all the good bits are probably going to go to George, not to Lewis first. Uh, They all get them eventually. There's, you talk about equity within a race team. There's there's always a preferential driver, uh, whether they like it or not, whether it's public or not, um, it's clear and obvious, I think, to most.
0: So do they start shutting him out of engineering meetings from now? I mean, they've still got to develop the car at the start of the season, what? but this is what leads to the car. This is a this is conversation. When I was doing crosses with all the breakfast shows uh, uh, around um, SEN's networks, when I did the Channel 10 News, the big thing that everyone kept asking me and every call was how does Lewis work with Mercedes? How do you work with a team you've told you're leaving? Because in a lot of other sports, it happens at the end of a season. Like, you know what I mean? He's going to get shut out uh, absolutely very early on. Uh, We spoke to
1: Valtteri last year, and they spoke about at a certain point in the season, depending on where they are and their title chances, they start shifting their focus towards the following season to get a head start, a bit of a leapfrog. Um, It'd be interesting to see how competitive the Mercedes is. That will determine how much input... Lewis has with the current car, but as for 2025, he's going to be completely shut out. No simulator time, no input, no Like Dave Reynolds
0: when he left the Callies and he wasn't (laughs) even allowed inside inside the garage. I remember being there at Bathurst, he was only allowed in to drive and then he was kicked out of the garage straight after. That was hilarious. It it, it could be like that. Um, All right, Carl. We've still got plenty more to unpack in the last segment of the show coming up after this break. We got another text message from Noah. Just I'll read that out for you. If Daniel ends up back at Red Bull, so Daniel Ricciardo, that is, he would have to accept that to come second is basically a win. And that's Noah's personal opinion. I think he's right. Uh, At the end of the day, that team is all behind Max Verstappen. Daniel, Christian Horner said, ran from a fight previously. He's now coming back. The fight's over. Max is a three-time world champion.
1: Yeah, I... um... I think Noah's absolutely right. Yeah, it's 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 going to be conceding and, and accepting that second place is, uh, is is the equivalent of a win. Maybe if, if Max has a mechanical failure or something or Daniel's having a, an amazing weekend, he could uh, give it to him and, and, and have a genuine win. I'd love to see Daniel get another win or two
0: under his belt. All right, we're going to take our last break for Episode 1, Season 2 of Gridwalk. Join the conversation. Text us on 0433 98 1116. You're listening to Gridwalk with Cam van den Dungan and Carl Reindler. I can't believe we're nearly at the end of our first show. It's good to be back, Carl. I'm a little bit excited, as I'm sure you can see. What I'm excited about, though, aside from, uh, aside from all of our incredible listeners who've been firing in SMSs, and I will cover one off before we get into the last part, uh, one of our mates out of the West asks about Andretti, and where is that? Now, Carl, you're a good West Aussie. Um, I know you will answer that question as honestly and openly as you can, and I think we're going to disagree on the position on this.
1: In terms of, uh, you go first. You go first. Oh, you are,
0: you are <laughs> such a politician. All right, so here we go. It's from Tim. He says, hey, lads, what do you think about the Andretti stuff? Okay. So for those that don't know, Andretti, very famous American racing name. Mario raced Formula One, is basically a hero in American motorsport. With with backing from Cadillac as well. Yeah, General Motors. GM is coming to the party. Andretti has mounted a bid, as Tim is sort of alluding to, to come into Formula One. The FIA, who governs the sports rules, said... Yes, we are fine for them to take over one of the three available franchises. So there are six spots on the grid, three team spots. And Dreddy said, we want in on one of those. So it got past the FIA. It goes over to Formula One, which is owned by Liberty Media, uh, now the biggest sporting organisation in the world in terms of financial clout. So Formula One is now top of the pops, owned by Liberty Media, and also the teams get a say. They said no, Carl. Was it unanimous? Uh let's just say that any new team dilutes the funding di- dilutes the funding pool for the teams coming in so it's in their vested interest to knock back anyone else coming in so I think you could say it was pretty much unanimous
1: yeah okay so I, I heard some quotes from Zach Brown who was the CEO of McLaren and I think he was quite outspoken about it he was all for having another another team on the grid mm-hmm. um, and he he was saying that, it was it was a bit narrow minded of the teams to think that it would
0: dilute the funding. Well it but, does. But if it makes the sport more entertaining It increases the funding pool too because you have a, a genuine team that could be competitive out of the states. Yeah. Which is becoming the biggest market. Exactly right. So I was I was all for it personally.
1: Um, I, I thought it would have been great to have another, you know, twenty two cars on the grid as opposed to twenty. And
0: legit. So with GM money, Andretti, they would not enter. And I've seen Michael Andretti in supercars come in with Walkinshaw, Andretti United, also Zach Brown, part of that family. Yes. So that's the additional part, though, we should add. Zach Brown does have business relationships in Australia with the Andretti family. So we'll just put that little uh, caveat there as well. Yes. Yeah, look, I, I
1: was all for it. It's been shut down. Um, I know they were severely disappointed by it, and their application was was sound. It was a strong application, but at the end of the day, The teams
0: were uh, all but... I say watch this space. They could buy Haas. I I believe that. I believe that that's probably a really smart move, even a Haas-Andretti racing, maybe a United front.
1: That I reckon that'd be great. Uh, again, it'd be nice to have two more cars on the grid, but that's the next best thing. And, and you know that they're going to do it properly, do it justice and be competitive.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Tim, for that message out of WA. Now let's start talking the season ahead. We go racing next weekend. And between now and then, the teams are actually in Bahrain right now, setting up for a test over the next three days. I was supposed to
1: be there. Why not? Well, I got kicked out at the last second, but uh, no... Um my colleague Bruno is uh, based in Portugal and Br- turns out Portugal is a lot closer to Bahrain than what Australia is. So he's covering the pre-season testing and he's going to do the first two rounds before I get the
0: call up in Australia, which I'm pumped for. So what are you looking for, Carl, other than Red Bull with their brand new design going towards the old Mercedes one that did not work. But remember that was the era of porpoising. So they've learned a bit more about the aero and flow of air underneath, but they have gone down the Mercedes path aside from is Red Bull going to show even more speed? What else are you looking for out of testing? Who do you think will be the top players? That's a great question. Um, as I buy myself some time,
1: I—I <laughs> I mean, Red Bull, you just cannot go past. I think they're the kind of sandbagging uh, in the press at the moment by saying, "Oh, we're not confident in our—you know—in our product for 2024." I think Mercedes will be fast. I think the Ferraris have made some big gains in the off-season as well, from what I'm reading.
0: Uh, other than the gain of Lewis Hamilton coming well, in
1: 2025. Yeah, there's that as well.
0: Uh, Carlos Sainz goes and wins the championship and then leaves. How amazing would that be? Ah. Uh, wouldn't that be neat? <laughs> All of a sudden, I'd find myself actually sort of semi-rooting for a driver and team. I'm not allowed to because I commentate. And we no, love, I normally don't. We love an underdog in Australia, don't I we? I think so... that's why I'd kind of like him just to show a clean pair of heels. Imagine Carlos Sainz yep. midway through the year leading the championship. Yep, as he's exiting to wherever he's off to. Hopefully. Taking the number one with him too.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think those three will be competitive, but I, I think the mid mid pack's going to be really interesting. I, I think this year is going to be one of the most competitive seasons of Formula One.
0: Well, let's quickly run through those that are fighting for their uh, respective racing lives at the moment. Max Verstappen, he's fine. He's got his contract till the end of 2028. Sergio Perez, Checo, he's contracted till the end of this year. He's under massive pressure, so he needs to come out of the blocks firing, Does Checo. Lewis Hamilton, we know where he's gone, and we also know George Russell's okay till the end of 2025, so he's there. Same with Charles Leclerc. Carlos Sainz, where does he end up? I know I said Esteban Ocon to Mercedes, but geez... Wouldn't that be uh, enticing for a Carlos Sainz across there? But I believe that Audi, who Valtteri Bottas is trying to get a drive with, is very keen on Carlos Sainz. I'm
1: led to believe the same thing. I think that'll uh, it'll be the precursor for the 2026 Audi program to have Carlos there next year. I would love to see him in a competitive car next year. I don't know at this early stage if that uh, Sauber, we'll call it a Sauber for want of a better name, uh, is going to be competitive next year until the Audi program starts really ramping
0: up. And they've been working, the Audi engine program started last year. 2022, actually.
1: 2022. Yeah. In
0: they're, October, in October, 2022, they put the entire engine team together. It was like 130, 140 people in their power unit team. They're, they're going to come out guns blazing in my
1: opinion. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see Carlos there in 2026. But what does he do in the interim year? Does he replace
0: Joe Guanyu? Valtteri... Oh, he's gone. I, I can tell you he'll be gone. He's gone? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yu. so he's fighting for his life, is Yu. Beltre like... Bottas is is a slightly on the outer. He's going to have to work hard to get a result. I actually liked the idea of him going back to Mercedes. There was something really nice about VB getting another drive. He's a friend of the show, so we uh, we, we were a little bit biased there, but um, yep. I, I would love VB to get another chance in a decent car. There were also some talks that Carlos
1: might go to Red Bull, but I was of the understanding that Max and Carlos were not on good terms when they, uh, when they parted ways. There was a bit of turmoil there, so... I don't see that happening, but it's um,
0: it's going to be a fascinating year. We've got a minute left in the show. Let's quickly whip through them. Fernando Alonso out of contract at the end of this year. I think he should retire. You think he's going to get a good seat? I want him in Mercedes. Oh I would love gosh. to see Alonso in a then Mercedes. Then he'll have driven for everyone. He'll have the whole set, won't he? And he's still only got a few championships. Overrated. I don't think he's overrated. Oh. Wrong place, wrong time. Let's continue this at another show. Yes. Esteban Ocon, he's out of contract at the end of this year. He already has said he wants to go to Mercedes, so I wonder how that's going to go with Alpine. Yeah, I think it's um, Alex. The Alex Albon, he's okay till the end of 2025. But if a Red Bull contract lands on his table, he will do everything he can to break it and go into that seat alongside uh, our our mate Max Verstappen. Logan Sargent, he's out of contract at the end of the year, fighting for his life. Valtteri Bottas fighting for his life. Joe Guanyu, we mentioned him. Disco Dan Ricciardo, long-term contract at Red Bull, but which seat, we don't know. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda, out of contract at the end of the year. Kevin Magnussen, Hulkenberg and the others all out of contract. Testing starts this week. You've been listening to Gridwalk. Make sure you tune into the Grand Prix. We'll be talking ahead of the race next weekend.